suddenly now we feel ourselves, we can feel what we're needing. We feel the pull to slow down. We feel the pull to come back into our bodies and back into our hearts and back into ourselves. And with that kind of presence, now these shadows, these um, unresolved issues, these hurts, now become like openings for us. So the shadow is a, another way of saying a portal into a whole new level of awareness. And so the cycle takes us into that. And if we're mindful, we can be witness, we can stay present. And it's, you know, I, I'm going to say it's as simple as, but we know it's not that simple, but it's as simple as bringing awareness to those places in ourselves and um, building our capacity to be with those parts of ourselves that we ordinarily would like to disown, that we run from, or that we prefer to be in reaction about rather than feel. Welcome back to the No Stare podcast. Today I have Red Schools, Shani and Alexandra on the show. And I am so honored, so, so honored. You know, this topic that we are speaking to, uh, the menstrual cycle and the deeper meanings for it is not quite one that I've had on the show, at least really zeroed in on this specific subject. However, their beliefs very much are aligned with I would say most, if not all of my guests in the sense that, yeah, we talk about cycle awareness, but we really speak about like why we have this, why we have the different seasons and how everything is so on purpose, how the bleeding is an opportunity for us to go inward, to connect with ourselves. It's it's a dropping away of the ego shell. And that's really where we deepen, where we expand, where we grow. And if you have been really, let's say, caught up in the ego, let's say you're in like the ovulation phase, like the first two weeks of the cycle, when we've got a lot more energy and we're very sociable and la la la, and we're kind of flying, right? And that's great. That's beautiful. But imagine if we were to stay in that state. Imagine if we were never to have the luteal phase or the actual um, week in which we bleed. Imagine if we did not have any of that and we were just flying through life, right? You know, for most people, I believe at least, it would lead us to a very ungrounded place. And so the beauty that they speak to of this, this I don't want to say forcing, but this like pull towards going inward to connecting in and to really listening to the body and to its whispers is such a gift because it connects us to our inner self the truth of who we are our purpose and as they speak to and as they teach programs about it also this whole process is really an opportunity to harness our innate power our yeah our our ability that I truly believe we all have to be leaders in our own right to be creative souls beings and to just be the most really expanded versions of ourselves and so I 
could not say how much <laughs> I just loved learning from these two and how much I loved reading their blogs and I just think it's not only extraordinarily beautiful the way that they honor the cycle but I just find it so deeply fascinating and it rung rang rung I don't know rang so true when I was just listening to them and I actually said that at some point and I said specifically you know this is in a way so simple everything that you're speaking to it feels so simple and also it feels so right on so true like there is something that resonated deep in my soul that was like yes you know and it just reminded me that the simple things are often where the profound truths lie and this is like one of my core beliefs and one of the things I try to always come back to if I go away and kind of fly up into my ego shell sometimes right which which happens it, and really it does happen for a lot of us in those first two paces of our cycle and thank god right because that's when we get stuff done that's when we connect with people we're like buzzing that's when creative projects um can become brewed and and so there's a lot of beauty of that, but there's also so much beauty in, in coming home to these truths, right? The truths of who we are and the truths of why we're here on this earth. And uh, I just, I, I find it extraordinary. I find it truly incredible. So yeah, we're, you're going to listen to us talk about the spiritual, spiritual, the spiritual architecture of women created through our cycles. You're going to hear us talking about charting cycles and noticing not so much on the physical plane. If you're interested in that, I would definitely recommend listening to people like Lisa VT and people who are much more into the science of it all and the the nutrition of it all. Which again is, um, or not again, but just to say, like that's also huge and everything's interrelated but in this episode specifically we really talk about noticing the emotional the energetics the psychological things that are going on and we speak about how in this noticing there is acceptance there is love that comes up for the cell and we notice like oh um okay I'm I'm not this like crazy person I am just a cyclical being so for example we spoke about specifically like I asked them like you know what's been some surprising stuff and I don't want to give too much away because you guys will hear it in the episode but we talked about things like you know there are certain days of the month in which if you have a propensity towards bickering with your partner it might just be best to stay clear of them that day right and like I mean, I know that I can be that way for sure. And it's not even like it comes from like a combative place. And for a lot of like more sensitive folk who aren't necessarily like, you know, ready to put their dukes up and to get fighting with their partners, what you might find if you're like myself is you might just find yourself being like hypersensitized to what other people are doing and, and therefore feeling like a little bit more triggered and reactive and like, oh, I can't believe that he would do this to me. And I can't believe that he's thinking this way. And I, and I just like, wow, like he doesn't respect me. Like maybe I should just leave. 
like it can be dramatic in that head at least for mine it can be and she actually um, I believe it was Alexandra spoke pointedly to that of like there's a day in the month in which like many women it doesn't have to be the same day for everyone but for many women there's a day in the month in which they want to leave their partners and I was like whoa that is so absolutely cool to hear because it's so normalizing right because imagine you're going through that and maybe you guys do like this this does happen to me like I'm a very emotional person and then there's like moments where I'm like you know screw this I'm out of here like I like I don't need this and then it's like maybe it's not an hour later but maybe it's six hours later or maybe it's the next morning you wake up you had a good night's sleep and you're like oh I'm really in love and I don't want that at all. Like what was going through me? And without this awareness, we can just judge ourselves and we can buy in to the patriarchal view of women being quote unquote crazy and like all of this nonsense when, you know, really all it is, is, is our bodies responding to the world around us and and often if we're quote-unquote behaving let's say a little bit off really what it's signaling is a need for something that's not being met and so you know when we spoke about this they were pointing to the luteal phase which is like the beginning of the wind down it's when we should be getting more rest it's when we should be focusing more inward more on ourselves and and so when we're not getting that it's like we can just be more irritable and I certainly know that that is the case for me. So yeah, what a powerful episode really just solidifies for me my deep belief that everything in this world on this planet, but beyond that in this universe is absolutely on purpose and including, right? Including our bodies, including the way that they're designed. It's all meant for our higher purpose. And so the more we can connect into that and stop resisting (sighs) the more aligned the more graceful the more easeful the more rich our lives will really be so with that my loves I really really hope that you sit back and enjoy this extraordinarily soul nourishing episode with Alexandra and Shawnee of Red School So I'm Alexandra and I'm co-director of Red School with Shani. And um, this work that I do today has been evolving over probably close to 40 years um, at Mackenzie and, well, even longer perhaps, um, because I think I've always felt held in something um, that was meaningful. And certainly in my 20s, I uh, woke up to the necessity of just being aware of my cycle, you know, and practicing natural fertility management rather than taking hormones for contraception. So I was already taking some responsibility and having awareness, you know, of my cycle. But it was menstrual pain just before my 31st birthday. It was the pain from hell. And it came every month and it could last for up to three, sometimes four days. And the pain was off the Richter scale. And I thought, whoops, I thought, (laughs) this is not looking good. Um, And I made the radical decision 
out of nowhere to believe in my body and follow it. I thought my body's talking to me and just taking drugs every month was not a solution for me. Of course, I took them occasionally. I had to, but it wasn't a solution. I needed to heal it. And I also wasn't interested in surgery because I felt that created what would create more problems than it solved. And so began the great odyssey. And so it became, it, it was a, a very emergent process uh, out of my choosing to uh, follow my cycle and give space to menstruation. That's what I had to do. And in those days, it was pretty much the dark ages around, because this is the um, early 80s. And that was the dark ages with regard to menstrual awareness mm -hmm. I bet. Yeah. and there were one or two books out there which I devoured but they still didn't quite float my boat except that they got me thinking you know more deeply and I was um was I a psychotherapist by then I was studying to be a psychotherapist and so I was interested in the psyche and the soul and I've always been on a spiritual journey so all these forces came together in me Mackenzie and um the rest is history. Here I stand doing this incredible work with Shani. It is just so alive and powerful in me. And I owe it all to a wild spirit in me that dared to believe in my body and follow my menstrual cycle. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I mean, there's lots of things that happened along the way, you know. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Go ahead. I, I have already questions based off that, but please go ahead first and then we'll. Well, well it's lovely because um, I've heard that story many times in uh, many forms because Alexandra and I have been, well, we've known each other for nearly 20 years and we've been working together for nearly 15 years. So we have. Uh, a long-standing history and um yeah I've heard that story many times and every time you tell it Alexandra it just kind of blows me away on a whole new level this recognition that uh this enormous creativity which is now our body of work at Red School our curriculum which is vast Mackenzie we we teach our teaching spans from the realms of uh, kind of well-being, we talk about creativity, spiritual life, uh, leadership. There's so many aspects to what we teach now, uh, and it's all come out of this deep listening to your own body, Alexandra. And it was all initiated by this incredible pain, uh, and that's such a powerful um, story. And mine uh, is similar but different, in that I. Um, I went on to hormonal contraception in my 20s because honestly, I didn't know there was any other option. I genuinely thought that was the responsible and the only thing to do. I now know that, uh, you know, fertility awareness is such an empowering way to uh, work with one's fertility and, um, yeah, and, and get to know one's body. And really, it's the foundation of menstrual cycle awareness, which is what we've um, developed and what we teach at Red School. So I went on contraception. I was on it for seven years and um, my cycle stopped completely. It was the uh, contraceptive injection. And um, 
looking back, I can now see how over those seven years, there was, it was almost as if I was living alongside my life, like slightly displaced mm -hmm. from myself. There was a, a deadness or a, um, um, I want to say an emptiness that just seemed to swallow those years of my life, which were my 20s, which were, uh, you know, amazing years and lots of good things happened. But it was when I ran into problems with my body, uh, after being on hormonal contraception, I started to experience pain, which was really showing up um, when I was experiencing orgasm. So that was an interesting oh. way to get my attention. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, wait a minute, this is not fun. <laughs> my pleasure is being thwarted by pain wow. um, that really got me to look quite seriously at what was going on and I realized I needed to come off the hormonal contraception and it was in the experience of coming off the contraception and my cycles returning that I got to um, in a way it was quite a privilege that I got to discover afresh what the blessings of having a cycle are so as my cycles returned I felt rhythm returning to my life um, I felt that I was um, alive as if the colors and textures of my life had come back my sensitivity returned my intuition came back online my energy and well-being and creativity, you know, started to flow again. And in fact, I landed up changing my whole life at that point. I ended a seven-year relationship. I changed my career. Everything changed because I suddenly kind of realized who I was and what I was about and, um, and realized really my work is about serving the feminine through the vehicle of our body and through the vehicle of the menstrual cycle, which is what led me to Alexandra all those years ago um and uh, led us to dive deeply into unfolding and articulating this um what we now call the spiritual architecture um of women the architecture that is created through the menstrual cycle and the menstruating years so yes it's a, a similar and a different story yeah oh my gosh it's it's so interesting to hear you guys speak about that and especially for, for listeners who, like yourself, Jenny, who have been on the pill and have experienced that separation, as you spoke about, me too, um, and without so much consciousness, because for me, I think I was 21, <laughs> I wasn't that aware about things going on, you know, it's just like, I guess I'll just get off this thing because I'm not even getting my periods when I'm supposed to, it doesn't seem to work anyway. And then you go through this whole thing of like, what's going on with my periods? Where's my period? Why is it like this? Why isn't it normal? And then if you are a little bit more aware, you might have the journey that you have of, whoa, this is not even just my period. This is, this is as you both spoke about, this is every area of my life. This is touching on the essence of who I am and, and my soul really, which is kind of, you guys just go so deep with it. It's like, you're, you're speaking about this being everything really related to our being how did you individually or both or maybe through the lens of red school however you feel like sharing but how did you come to that place of like this being so uh like so pivotal to 
our connection to self, connection to spirit, et cetera, however you want to take that. It's oh, a, a good question, though. It's an interesting question. Mm. And, uh, yeah. You want to go ahead, Shani? I can. Yeah, I know what you're going to say when you realize it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know what I, well, I know one thing I want to say. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, there's so many aspects to this. It's such a juicy question. Um, but really, it was and is still my experience at menstruation that Me too. Um, uh, uh, just taps me into a knowing of the power of the menstrual cycle. Um, you know, what I, and I don't experience this every month, but I've experienced it enough that it is, um, something I can't go back on is the uh, just in a way how all the kind of veils fall and um, all the ways that in a way I've been enculturated to think about myself and the world just dissolve and I experience um, such a felt sense of belonging and home in myself and in the world. And it's in those moments that I know that the menstrual cycle is, um, in a way its agenda is to keep leading me and returning me to that place so that I can live from that place. And, you know, for, for my money, that is the um, source of spiritual life is knowing that place in oneself, having, you know, that being a real intimate internal experience rather than just an idea uh, that we're striving for or, a, you know, a dogma imposed on us. So, yes, it's the lived experience of that that's really helped me to know. Mm. What were you going to say, Alexandra? Along the same lines, um... Shani, and just to add a sort of embellishment to that, let me see how I can articulate it. So firstly, yes, every month when I bled, and you have to give space for menstruation for this to happen. You can't, Shani said it won't happen every month if, if, you're, if you're really pressured by day-to-day -day life. But having these experiences at menstruation that were so um, profound, and um, illuminating and then um, because I really practice cycle awareness the work of paying attention to my whole cycle um, not just menstruation itself but bringing attention to each moment of the cycle and beginning to <clears throat> pace myself according to the different kinds of energy and experience I had of myself built has built in me it, it's sort of built another layer to this knowing it's built it's like a tuning process we talk you know this art of paying attention to your cycle all month long we call it menstrual cycle awareness and it is the art the practice of doing that month after month really it's like you're honing 
these other senses, isn't it, Shani? They're kind of an acuity you have. So it's like you have, you can have knowing at other times of the month, not just at menstruation. I mean, menstruation is knowing on steroids, let me tell you. <laughs> but um, it's almost as though the whole cycle was, you know, really speaking and feeding back things. So, you know, insight follows, in, or insight begets insight begets insight. And then Shani and I, uh, I, I had sort of sort of felt my way into a lot of stuff. And also it was working. I was running workshops on my own initially, and it was working with other um, women and hearing their stories. And I'd suddenly get this illumination from hearing a story. Go, oh, yes, that's what's trying to happen. So it came from real life stories, real life experiences, not just my own. And honestly, I just felt like these people were delivered to my door for the next piece of information. And, you know, I was a psychotherapist, you know, I became a psychotherapist and and I, I, I can still vividly remember one woman walking into my practice and saying something just came out of her mouth. They went, oh, my God, that's what's happening in the pre-menstrual. You know, it's like, you know it, 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 the insights were delivered to me and they also arose in me. But what I'm leading to here is that Shani and I together, so Shani and I have been in this kind of deep conversation for close on 15 years now about the cycle. And it and it's, um, well, it's, I really met you, Shani, when I was in menopause, coming through menopause, so my cycle had stopped. But it was both uh, remembering my own experience, but um, really listening to Shani's experience and talking about things. And this there was this incredible co-creative process going on. So we became like together, we became this almost um, knowing channel together that would just bring things in bring things in so it's a combination of forces but it always is rooted back in lived experience it's not come out of books it's come from a deep place felt experience of something or hearing someone else's felt experience of something well yeah so have you guys found it sounds like you have like there's like patterns and things that many or all women perhaps go through with their cycle and then presumably it's also individual in the sense of like what we take from, you know, the bigger things that happen to, to all women as we move through the, the different phases of the cycle. Is that my understanding? That That's absolutely right. I mean, the menstrual cycle is an archetypal pattern. Um, it's an archetypal creative cycle that's built into our bodies and that's reflected in everything. You know, we see it reflected in the seasons of the year. We see it reflected in the day night rhythm. So it is that very shared archetypal pattern that we, each of us then has our own personal intimate experience of it. Just like we all feel differently about the winter, yet we all go through winter, or that winter is slightly different in different countries. You know, there is something very individual about the experience. And what, what our work at Red School has been is to um, really name and articulate the archetypal experience and then guide people in the practice to help to reveal what their individual take on it is. Because um, what's so powerful about the menstrual cycle, Mackenzie, is not um, trying to follow a pattern that you think is there. Mm -hmm. It's about actually discovering the pattern that you have. 
that's what's so powerful. Um, you know, so for example, the inner winter, uh, which is menstruation, we are likening it to the inner winter because that's the kind of archetypal um, energetic of that time. With it, it shares similar traits. There is a sort of um, collection of powers that we can all access at that time. Things that become available to us, um, capacities, strengths, ways of being that um, are of that territory, if you like. And then each of us, depending on the context of our lives, our health, our nature, our age, our own awareness, we will have a different experience of that territory. Um, and, and then there are things we can do to, um, I guess like kind of universal things we can do that will allow us to have a deeper, um, more connected experience of that time. Um, so for example, the archetypal energetic of menstruation is a kind of inward downward pull into a kind of hibernation separation from the world going into sanctuary. So, you know, for all of us, it's going to benefit us to slow down, to retreat somewhat, to have more rest. Um, and then what that opens up in each of us is going to be different. Uh, and that's, quite magical I find you know we're all on our own individual journeys with it wow yeah so it's really beautiful and so do you guys when you start teaching people about this do you talk about I don't know is there is there fall and spring too or is it winter and summer <laughs> with ovulation I'm, I'm just guessing here like do you go through, through the overviews of what the um, maybe how they relate to nature because I know you guys do speak to also the menstrual cycle or cycle awareness, as you say, also being an opportunity to connect more with nature, with the earth and all of that. How do you introduce people, I guess, is my main question to the different phases. Like what are the main things to know about the, all the different phases of the cycle? Mm -hmm. Well, we've uh, got three maps that we've um, uh, articulated and those are a really good way for people to um, enter this awareness and we write about these three maps in our um, book called wild power which is mm -hmm. about discovering the magic of your menstrual cycle uh, and and awakening to the feminine path to power that's the subtitle so we describe these three maps and those three maps are the different um, in a way layers of experience that you can attune to in your menstrual cycle and um, I won't get into all three maps because they're vast and mm -hmm. uh, each one is, uh, you know, a lifetime study, one could say. But one of the uh, core maps, which um, in a way is a really good place for people to start, is the map of the inner seasons of the menstrual cycle. And we call them the inner seasons because there is an archetypal resonance with the um, with the seasons of the year and what we might ordinarily associate with winter, spring, summer, and autumn. But these are inner seasons as in they're really describing the um, internal atmosphere, energetic um, 
and physical experience that we go through in these different phases of the cycle. So there are four phases of the cycle that relates to the four inner seasons. So you've got menstruation, which is the inner winter. You've got pre-ovulation, which is the inner spring. You've got ovulation, which is the inner summer. And then the premenstruum, which is the inner autumn or fall, uh, if you come from your side of the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so those are the four uh, phases. And um, we find it's really helpful to teach people um, what some of the powers and possibilities are of those phases, to give them, uh, in a way, to open the possibilities of what one might experience, because it's a bit like when somebody says to you, um, have you noticed um, such and such? you suddenly start to notice it. It might've been completely out, out of your awareness. And then when someone points it out to you, suddenly it kind of comes into view. So we find it's really helpful to point things out to people that are um, sort of archetypal experiences in a way to illuminate their own experience. Um, but then we send people off with the practice of menstrual cycle awareness is the kind of main thing we do, which is around charting your cycle but particularly so it's noticing the physical changes but menstrual cycle awareness is really tracking the emotional energetic psychological changes that are happening day by day and really noticing for yourself each day how's your mood how's your energy what are your needs today is a really good inquiry what are your tendencies what do you feel good at? You could even ask yourself, what feels difficult today? Those kinds of things. And it's that practice that will then reveal to you what's, um, what's actually happening for you in each of these seasons. And when you're moving from season to season, just even noticing that shifting gear is a real practice of awareness. Um, and in our courses, we... Uh, really workshop it with people through conversations and hearing people's experience and that illuminates it you know one person's experience will illuminate something for someone else so we do lots of uh, sharing hearing of people's experiences um, and that, that's always been how the work has emerged as Alexandra said that's always been how we've made new discoveries so every time we run a program we we the, the, the canon of knowledge evolves. It's very exciting. Um, and different people bring, illuminate different aspects of what's happening in the cycle. It's very creative and fun. We've also developed um, really good exercises, um, processes to, to sort of take people deeper into their experience of the cycle. And this is what's really sort of feeds the dialogue that comes out of it, the conversation and sharing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Are, are there any, um, let's say, insights you guys have had that have been like quite surprising to you? I, know, I don't know if it's with respect to like emotions or, or like energetic things that come up for people, perhaps repetitively month to month at the same, like, same time. I'm not sure. Is there anything that's been surprising to you guys on this process of researching? I mean, I can tell you some things that are funny. Yeah. Like um, there's definitely a place in the cycle where people want to leave their partners. <laughs> oh my gosh, please go on. That is, that is interesting. When, when is that? <laughs> I, I, I used to have a friend actually um, 
she was a mother and she had a partner and if her children were giving her a hard time she'd look at them and go it's day 25 don't fight with me today it was like she's like you don't mess with me she called it her don't mess with me day that's <laughs> wow. like the the boundary day where you are fierce <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. And, and people definitely notice that they have arguments with their partners um in the premenstruum you know it depends on people's particular cycle length and everyone discovers their own day but there is a day in the premenstruum where if you're gonna have a fight that thing you've been sitting on all month long <laughs> you're gonna have it then and uh, in this recent group uh we're working with on our menstruality leadership program everyone was laughing they were like i thought it was just me but like they thought they're like i thought i was crazy why i've got this great relationship but every month like i think what the hell am i doing in this relationship this just isn't you know i need to leave this is it it's over you know and um and it comes around every month and what is so funny mackenzie and i tell you if if whoever's listening to this pays attention you'll discover that just about everything is cyclical. Just about everything is cyclical. We think it's random. And then when we start paying attention, we're like, all right, at this point in my cycle, every month, I want to argue with my partner. Oh, at this point in my cycle, I get this overwhelming urge to clean. Okay, that's another one. <laughs> Classic. Wow. Classic. Um, and there's some other funny ones. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think what some of mine are. <laughs> I always remember you, Shani, uh, on, on it used to be, I don't know if it's the case now, but usually around day 10 or 11, somewhere in there, you'd have your chat, chat, chat day. You wanted just to chat, chat, yeah. chat with people. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I hit this kind of sociable peak and just want to chat and chat and chat. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Also, tracking your sexual uh, drive, you know. Yeah. You know days where it's like you'll pull anyone off the street it's so strong that's it and yeah. yeah it's so fascinating I, I find because I'm on day seven of my cycle now so I'm in my inner spring mm -hmm. and for me it's day six day seven where sexually I've had no interest in anyone and then suddenly it's like ping my system just kicks in and suddenly I'm like hmm, actually this is all seeming a bit more interesting again it's, and I feel that it's quite a, a charge in my system. That is very, very noticeable for me, you know, in the pre-ovulation time. Wow. And one other one that I'm thinking of now is um, health conditions that come up cyclically, like wow. toothache that happens only at a certain time. Or I used to get a cold sore the same time every month. Or some people experience anxiety at a certain point. Hmm. It's very interesting. And what... You know, what's so um, useful about knowing what your pattern is and what kinds of things show up is um, you can start to create uh, or just make different choices around that time. Like, for example, don't, don't be anywhere near your partner on that day. <laughs> or, you know, or have more rest because you're feeling depleted. You know that you're going to land up um, getting sick or feeling more run down. So you kind of slow down these little tweaks uh, that make ultimately a very, very big difference to how things flow in our lives. Mm, I'm just remembering uh, the times where I felt most vulnerable and exposed mm. and um, being very thoughtful about what I chose to do on those days. And I always remember when my first book came out, Wild Genie, um, being asked, it was, I was in Australia and I was 
I had a phone call from the National Broadcaster program on the uh, ABC to come on and speak about the book. And this person said to me, uh, what about Friday? And I'm looking at Mike and going, no, I'm busy that day. I said, I haven't got anything on. <laughs> but I knew that day was just, there was no way I would go on the National Broadcaster. <laughs> Wow, because you most honorable day in my cycle. (laughs) Three days later, I knew I'd be fine. I said, No, no, I'm busy. Sorry, but Monday, Monday, Tuesday, yeah, yeah, it's all good. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting um, because I, and it's become so second nature to me, I I plan my life around my cycle as, you know, uh, as best I can. And I often wonder how people make decisions about you know, what they will and won't attend or whether they will or won't do something without having what I think of as my like personal weather forecast. Um, You know, just last week I was invited to a a parents meeting at my daughter's school. They needed somebody to read out uh, a sort of statement and I realized I was going to be bleeding and declined the invitation if it had been a different day in my cycle I would have been I would have loved to have gone and kind of taken the spotlight and shared the the words that have been written and so on and so forth and I remember thinking how do people make decisions about whether they will or won't do something without knowing where they are in their cycles so I'm always very grateful for that <laughs> yeah so helpful like we also reduces if you're not aware and maybe you're super tired and you're not so yeah sure what's going on you can feel bad or you can have shame or or something like that come up and exactly this avoids that really yeah you don't judge yourself exactly it's so interesting that how um it's not limitation at all it's like yeah this is uh no this is not the day I want to do it on because if I was to have exposed myself that day you know by going on radio public radio uh, it would have, um, I'd have had such a backlash on myself, a sort of shame backlash, you know, after being so open. Um, so, yes, it's about really caring for one's own nature. And sometimes we have to do things when we prefer not to, mm. you know, for instance, that, you know, we may have a work commitment that we have to turn up for but we've just started bleeding and it's feeling really overwhelming. Now, if I knew that was happening, if that was coming up, I would make, and I couldn't get out of it, I would make very clear choices around the rest of my life to minimize stress. And it would be simple things like, yeah, very low commitment of other things so that I could have a really chilled, quiet evening and go to bed early and I would have all my food that I, you know, food in the house. I wasn't panicking because I hadn't got food for breakfast or lunch or whatever it was. You know, all those kinds of things taken care of. So I could just deeply, I was reducing stress in all other areas of my life so that I could take care of myself in this moment. Mm. Yeah, that's important. And I, yeah, thank you for saying that because there's definitely a lot of people who don't have total control. I mean, no one really has total control anyway. But even some people who up to a lesser degree, maybe they're in a really demanding job and, you know, the presentations that day or the meetings that day or the pitches that day, and they have to show up. So 
that's great. That's great advice for, for people trying to navigate like, okay, I can't plan my work schedule to the degree that I would like, or maybe someone's getting married that day. And I didn't know of last year that I would be bleeding that day and I have to show up for my whole family that day. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful. So have you guys found like within your own selves then, like your relationship to yourself evolve, change? Like, have you, we talked about the self, basically the self-compassion piece of it. Like, have you discovered new things about yourself, like in this deepening with your cycles? You know, the menstrual cycle is an extraordinary process of evolution into one's authority and into well into really discovering who one who I am what my nature is and what I'm here to serve in the world but it's also really um, through the work of cycle awareness I could really month after month uh, you're learning how to uh, take care of who you are take sorry take responsibility and take care of but take responsibility for who you are um the the menstrual cycle process is a psychological workout and in that workout you're invited in a sense to evolve so each month is like a mini evolution each month is like a discovery a more of a discovery of yourself and, um, and and so if I explain it a little bit more, in the first half of the cycle, there is this wonderful, you know, if you've suitably rested and not suffering from some kind of chronic fatigue or anything, this is just rise of energy, this kind of feeling of yes and affirmation of oneself. It's it's very generous that first half of the cycle and just you know bringing you into your groove and feeling great with life it's it's like the return of optimism and possibility and it's like the lights go back on again and you know there's this energy in the tank and you you kind of reach a peak of that energy and you feel like you could conquer uh, at uh, ovulation at the end of summer and you feel like you could conquer the world and you know you're a genius and and it's amazing you should feel all that and then the cycle turns in the second half and as you enter the inner autumn or fall as you say uh, in the premenstrual phase there's uh the second half of the cycle is like a retreat of energy it's like a pulling in and um because of course we're human and we can't maintain that kind of superwoman or you know superhero territory you know being on fire all the time you just burn out which is what often happens to many of us um and then the second half of the cycle you'll feel this um kind of pulling in and there is actually what we call a, a, an ego death going on there because it's almost like the your bubble is popped you know and you thought you were invincible and suddenly clunk oh uh, you discover you're human you're not invincible and you, you discover your permeability, you discover your vulnerability. And the first half of the cycle, you don't feel so vulnerable, you know, especially as you come up to ovulation. The second half, you'll feel this vulnerability come in and um, more complexity about life. It's not quite as simple as you thought it was. And you encounter your shadow side. And 
you know, if you're really practicing menstrual cycle awareness, just this really conscious practice, and you um, you learn, you start to learn to meet this shadow side of you more and more, and um, to, and to take responsibility for the less glamorous aspects of oneself, which we all have, you know. And um, in that in that kind of inner work you're doing, you it, this is where you're really growing up. You're growing into yourself. You're growing up. You're learning more about yourself, and you're learning in a way more humanity, both for yourself but also for the world. And um, so, yeah, we think of the menstrual cycle journey as a journey of evolution into your power, into your leadership, uh, into what you're here to serve in the world, your leadership for the world. And um, when you come to menopause, menopause is the final big workout of that, where you are really tested, psychologically tested. You're tested, you take, you're taken into the depths of yourself, into your shadow side, like how it happens premenstrually, but in a very deep and profound way, because you're older now and it, life doesn't feel like it's going to go on forever in the way it does when you're 30. <laughs> and um, you are confronted by yourself in a way you have never been before. And there's a very powerful alchemical work that goes on at menopause to really, ultimately, it's about really claiming who you are, meeting your shadow and taking responsibility for that and but also really awakening to your particular brilliance and genius in a way you've never done before so it's this extraordinary work of recognition of yourself but you have to go through this kind of shadow side to get there so can you hear what a big journey of growing up of sort of psychological evolution is going on Mackenzie over our menstruating years yeah how do you guys and I'm sure this is all in what you teach um, but when you speak about the meeting the shadow side the shadow work do you guys do that from a few different approaches or do you have one main way that you you do that for people who are curious about what that might look like mm -hmm. yeah well Menstrual cycle awareness, um, you could say, is shadow work mm. <laughs> in and of itself. Because as Alexandra described, if you're paying attention to your cycle, you will be um, noticing what's being evoked in you, particularly in the premenstruum. So you know how um, people talk about PMS, often what they're referring to there is uh, feeling out of control, very strong emotions, reactivity, um, yeah, tearfulness, being, being very deeply affected by things. And if, if we're paying attention to our cycle, we get to really notice as we're coming into that phase that what's happening there is we're actually being 
pulled into ourselves that we are, it's like our feeling life comes back online. So in the first half of the cycle, as Alexandra described, you know, there's um, a lovely kind of buffer or resilience. We feel sort of invincible, but that invincibility um, starts to fall away. We could even call that invincibility a kind of armoring mm -hmm. that we've, we, we wear in order to kind of meet the world and be out there and get stuff done and get on with life. But the menstrual cycle doesn't let us live in that place. It won't have us stay armored. It insists that we meet the shadow of ourselves and it insists that we meet our own pain. And it insists that we really get real about how we're feeling and how we're doing and what we're needing. So there you are in the premenstruum, your feeling life has come back online. And the practice of cycle awareness in a way helps you to stabilize yourself in that experience. So rather than being unaware that you're even in the premenstruum, unaware that these deep forces are moving in you and kind of just in the reactivity of it all, which is what happens when we're going at pace and we don't know what we're needing. Suddenly now we feel ourselves, we can feel what we're needing we feel the pull to slow down. We feel the pull to come back into our bodies and back into our hearts and back into ourselves. And with that kind of presence, now these shadows, these um, unresolved issues, these hurts now become like openings for us. So the shadow is, um, a, another way of saying um, a portal into a whole new level of awareness. Um, and so the cycle takes us into that. And if we're mindful, we can uh, be witness, we can stay present. And it's, you know, I, I'm going to say it's as simple as, but we know it's not that simple, but it's as simple as bringing awareness to those places in ourselves and um, building our capacity to be with those parts of ourselves that we uh, ordinarily would like to disown, that we run from, or that we prefer to be in reaction about rather than feel. So much of the reactivity that happens at, in the premenstruum is because it's easier to shit on someone else than it is to feel hurt, quite honestly. <laughs> you know, it's easier to pick a fight than it is to feel one's own vulnerability. And the slowness of how the cycle slows us down actually invites us into um, building our capacity to be with those more challenging parts of ourselves and then bit by bit and this takes time and that's why we get to go round and round and round the cycle um you know shadow work isn't a one-time thing we go round and round and new layers are revealed and every time we build more capacity to hold ourselves to be with what is to stay present with it and more of us comes back online when we do that every month and alexandra spoke about how the menstrual cycle is you know our uh, path to leadership or I think the word you used Alexandra it evolves us into our authority 
that is in part what we mean here is that when we bring more of ourselves on board, which really we do the big work of that in the second half of the cycle in the in autumn, when we bring more of ourselves on board, what happens is now suddenly we have more access to who we really are, um, warts and all. And, you know, on paper, that doesn't sound like a good thing. You know, we think, oh, well, that's not such an attractive part of me. But when we find ways of um, bringing kindness and acceptance to those parts of ourselves, which was the question you asked us, have you found mm -hmm. that you've become kinder? Has mm -hmm. absolutely been my experience, Mackenzie, is that I found um, a kind of humility um, with my own fallibility, my own humanness. Um, and I've bit by bit had to learn to tolerate how vulnerable I am and bear the sensitivity that I have um, and ultimately that's released a kind of freedom in me um, more of my creativity uh, is now expressed and and life is more joyful ultimately um, and this is Really, when we talk about leadership, this is what we're talking about first and foremost is our connection to ourselves and then how then that brings us into alignment with what we're here to serve and how we then bring that to the world, you know. Oof. Yeah. That's so powerful. It, and it makes so much sense. So if we start from thinking like, wow, how do our cycles have to do with everything in our lives? you guys just so clearly explained and it is all it's like too bad we didn't get this manual when we were born as little babies because it just does make so much sense and it just seems so natural it seems like the thing that mothers should be given at the hospitals for their um daughters and yeah it's really graceful which to me speaks to truth because I find the true things are usually sort of simple like they just seem to fall into place they make sense yeah and that's yes. very much how you guys speak about this yeah yeah people yeah. who come to our work um again and again they say it's like I've always known this and mm -hmm. I now have the language for it and the um in a way the permission to trust it because mm -hmm. that's what's so sorely lost in our uh culture is the the yeah. reverence of cyclical life and the permission to trust cyclical life and to hold it as good and right and true and uh so when people hear all this they're like i knew i know this in my being this is just you know, this is so, yeah, as you've said, there's a, an undeniable truth to this. And now I feel, uh, yeah, a permission to trust it and follow it. And well, and then they're away, as in, you know, <laughs> we've, we've, we've seen people transform. We've, we've seen people step into the most kind of courageous, um, callings and do the most radical things. Uh, we've seen such flowerings happen when people trust their cycle. It's so inspiring, Mackenzie, you know, that, that coming into alignment with our cycle, just what it does for individuals, let, never mind what it does for our, you know, 
for our communities and our families and yeah the wider world but yeah it's very beautiful mm -hmm. that's um it's really funny that you kind of landed back there with the trust because that was the very first thing that I wrote just speak, listening to Alexandra speak about how she you trusted your own body like before even all that which was one of the things that I was like oh my gosh I need to ask you so maybe it will be one of the last things I ask you now but how like how did you develop that because you were at the forefront of of all of this you didn't have this whole foundation and, and and guides to to take you on this path how did you trust yourself in in a difficult time where you were moving through pain and all of that it's a good question I think I'm going to answer it by saying firstly and this doesn't answer why or how I did it when I was 30 something mm -hmm. um, which is that actually cycle awareness builds trust that's it's almost like that's its mission it just builds this implicit trust in who we are in our being and I always feel like menopause sort of cements something in place that you can never go back on uh, it's so interesting that so that the whole process of your cycling years practicing cycle awareness is cultivating trust in yourself but also cultivating trust in life that life is with you so how did I dare to trust my experience at um, when that pain erupted I, I almost want to say I had no choice one answer Two, uh, there's something in me that is very kind of rebellious and singular. I, I, I think, I mean, I came in with a calling that I have that's been organizing me all my life, but I was an innocent, I didn't have language for it. But through my 20s, I did have very quite profound sort of spiritual experiences. I actually, and I'm thinking of your first bleed as well. Yes, my very first bleed. I had this extraordinary experience of awakening just before my first bleed. I was at boarding school and um, and it was glorious. It lasted for about 36 hours and I told nobody, can you believe? And my singular most important memory from it was uh, the, the supper on Sunday night was always evil. At boarding. It was just terrible. It was just disgusting. <laughs> and that Sunday... I felt like I was eating the food of the gods. I'll never forget it. I was so high. <laughs> I'm all of 13 years of age. And I'm like, Ugh. and um, that impregnated me with something, let me tell you. Oh, wow. It was amazing. Um, and then I practiced a spiritual discipline in my 20s, a movement, Japanese movement art called Shintaido and I had many um, powerful experiences with that of feeling this love again this extraordinary just overwhelmed with just love oh, everything was love <laughs> so I was being um, inoculated I was having moments of inoculation of these spiritual forces and it turns out I even noticed something at menstruation. This is before I'd woken up to menstruation as this time of spiritual awakening. And I found this note in my journal when I was 29 years old, and I had written, the world is singing today. Last night I got my period. I just, I thought, oh, 
oh, I felt it then. How nice. I was so touched by that. So I was inside something and I was very much into kind of spiritual life and meaning making, actually. So there was something at work in me. So when it happened to me, I was living in um, English, but I was living in Australia then. I just moved to Australia. And uh, I didn't sort of have a normal life really at that that point there was a sort of very free spirit energy going on I mean I did have I had to have work so on but there was something very free about it and I I don't know there was I was into health stuff by then that's the other thing I just thought no I can't do drugs and surgery it's just it was just a no to that so what cho you know what choice did I have if I wasn't going to do that I was going to have to go on an adventure. So, yes, Shani, go on. I'm just, I'm just reflecting on the fact that, I mean, this is clearly your calling. I mean, you've come here in this lifetime to unfold this amazing body of work around menstruality. And so your story, you know, is an example of that. And I just feel that part of what was alive for you is that you knew your life was meaningful you knew you were made for something although you had no words for it and you didn't know what it was so when pain showed up um you didn't see it as a uh problem except that you did but what I mean is in your wiser moments just from all the things you've told me you uh you you understood that it was meaningful, that was part of your path and your way of awakening to something. So it comes back to this whole thing we were talking about with the shadow and it being a doorway or a portal. Um, there is always a risk, I think. Um, we're always faced with a, a seeming end or a death or a problem, you could say. All of us encounter this in our lives. And if we were to have the wherewithal to pause and gather ourselves and remember who we are and what we're about, we would be able to hold that challenge in the context of it being, you know, a call from the future, a way for us to step into who we are and what we're about. And I think, you know, that's what made, that's what allowed you to trust it because you felt that, Alexandra. And um, yeah, and I think, I think it's impossible to trust anything unless we feel that we're held by life, unless we feel that our lives are meaningful. And that brings us back to where we started the conversation, which was to do with menstruation, which is when you feel that experience of meaning, which we can at, when we bleed, when mm. we feel that we belong, that mm. we have a place, that our life matters, suddenly everything that's in our path and in our lives, we can see it and feel it as being the prima materia, the necessary mulch mm -hmm. to fertilize our gifts and um, bring bring us help us to bring our creativity through. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful and and helpful and just because you know. It, it takes sometimes people a little element of trust or an understanding of, of all of this that we're speaking of um, 
just to even buy into learnings and lessons that you guys teach, for example, right? So just to get people, um, if they do feel like stuck or they do feel like they don't trust themselves or like this message or that message, but they are in this pain, then there are ways to to yeah. to tune in and to develop that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I want to say my path of trusting my body was um, messy because the pain was insane. And, um, ah, Jesus Christ, sorry, I'm just remembering how insane it was. And it happened month after month. I mean, I healed it. I healed it through this whole approach and bringing natural therapies in. But it was such a discipline. And it's so, um, it was so excoriating every month. Every month I was completely wiped out. And I had to sort of build myself all over again. But this was so it was so weird. The more I gave space to menstruation, you see, then the more I began, the pain invited me into creating space for menstruation. And so I was now creating space for menstruation. And, and there was this opening that was happening, even as I was feeling pain. So I was starting to be fed by menstruation, even as it was taking me out every month. It's so contradictory. But yeah, it was like all the spiritual forces of menstruation could start to come through. And then you just can't go back on that. You just can't go back on it. Yeah. Yeah, your eyes are opened. Your eyes are opened. And uh, yeah, every month, it, over and over again, it was like, um, it's like, you know, you take a drug, it's like far up. <laughs> you know, talk about the doors of perception being thrown open. Yeah. It happens every month, only it's not a drug, folks. Yeah. It's natural. It's your body giving you it. I mean, why is that not? plastered all over social media why is not every young woman or person growing up not knowing that mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it's transformative transformative for for everything in life and and perhaps most notably your relationship with yourself which everything stems from yes yeah wow Thank you guys so much. Um, do you want to share a little bit about where people can find you and, and what's going on with your programs, if there's anything new coming up for you guys at Red School? Yeah. Uh, well, you can find us at redschool.net. And we also have a podcast called The Menstruality Podcast, which you can find in all the usual podcast places. Um, and we we have um, our main program is our menstruality leadership program, which happens around sort of March, April every year. But this year we have got a new program, which honestly we've been dying to teach for years. Um, and it's all around creativity and the menstrual cycle, how the menstrual cycle gives us this map for creative life how to uh, really tap into the meaning of our lives, our vision, our calling, and then the exact steps, if you like, for unfolding and realizing that. And uh, we're going to be teaching that for the first time online in um, late September this year. 
So if anybody's interested in that, if you come and sign up for our mailing list, we'll let you know as soon as the doors open, which is, I think, next month we are inviting yeah. people into that. Yeah. Wow. How, how incredible. Thank you guys again, just for the work that you do. It's, it's quite profound. And, and the way that you guys are is so welcoming and warm. So I just, yeah, what a gift, really, that you've both been able to bring together to the world and, and separately, I'm sure, as well in your own ways. Thank you so much, Mackenzie. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to share what we love. <laughs> Very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the North Star podcast. I am so grateful for your time and your presence. If you want to chime in on the conversation, you can send me a DM at Mac Castro on Instagram. I mean it when I say that I'm really always happy to hear from you, be it with regards to your insights gleaned from this episode or with regard to your own unfolding journey at large. I do believe that we each have our own North Star and it's our duty to do the inner work to get to know ourselves so that we can live in harmony with our souls, carry out our calling and serve others with the gifts we have each been uniquely blessed with in this lifetime. Thank you again for joining us and I'll see you next time.